Well, this is Don Miller, and on the line with me is uh, is an old friend of mine. We go back many, many years. In fact, I think I used to teach you in Sunday school. Ben Lowell. How are you? You're old enough to have taught me in Sunday school. That's well. I just thought I would. Hope I was wise enough to teach you in Sunday school, <laughs> and you're that but as I, well. Well, I was told that you weren't much of a challenge, so that's why I took the <laughs> class. And uh, you've you've come a long way. Ben Lowell is CEO of Good News Broadcasting Association of Canada, the producers of uh, one of our very favorite programs, Back to the Bible, which is probably one of the longest running programs in the country. And uh, what 1956, you guys have been around. Wow, it's been a long, long time for certain. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you were middle-aged when you started in 56. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Ben, of course, uh, John Newfeld is the, is the host for, uh, for Back to the Bible. And you guys have different platforms. And why I wanted to talk to you is that in these in this times of COVID, how does a ministry cope? Indeed, how does the church cope? And I thought I'd sort of... Uh, uh, reach out and uh, maybe glean some some tips from you, some perspective, because, you know, there's lots of talk about how the American church is doing, but not a lot that I've heard on how the Canadian church is doing. And we have a unique approach. And I certainly, uh, back to the Bible, you, you, you're sort of, the three three sort of three approaches you guys have. You have the the, the long-form program of uh, 25 Minutes Back to the Bible. Then you have Laugh Again with Phil Calloway. And then you've got In Doubt, which is an online uh, vehicle, which um, probably, uh, probably appeals more to younger people than older people, although all three are accessible by everybody. I would say if I would say uh, back to the Bible and in doubt folk probably all settle on Phil Calloway's program Laugh Again. There's sort of a middle <laughs> ground there. How are you doing now? How is how is the ministry? How different is it? You know, it's it's been interesting because we really uh, took a bit of time at the beginning to think about how do we run want to react or respond uh, to what's happening. And, uh, you know, I think perhaps the first reaction of most ministries or organizations is, okay, we've got to do something different. We've got to do something unique. We've got to speak into uh, uh, the situation and be on the cutting edge and be relevant and contextual. And, you know, all those things are good and important. But I think where we came down on it, Don, is that we needed to make sure that people knew that what they expected of Back to the Bible is what they were going to continue to get. Expositional Bible teaching. There had to be something uh, familiar and consistent in a time when uh, uh, the world was in chaos and, you know, things change. You know, things change rapidly anyways, right? The only constant in life is change, right? Uh, things change rapidly. But now it's, it seems like ch- things are changing moment by moment by moment and we're continuing to get, uh, uh, you know, uh, Typically bad news with maybe some good news, some some idea, some hope, and that kind of thing. But we wanted to make sure that people could, when they tuned into Back to the Bible, tuned into Laugh Again, uh, tuned into In Doubt, they would continue to get what they expected to get, and that was an understanding of God's Word and, and how He interacts with us each and every day. We didn't want to change everything we do. We wanted to make sure here's a place people could rest easy, that they knew it was going to be the same thing as they've come to love and trust. 
Yeah, you, you sort of have to walk the walk, especially in times like this, because if Christian ministries are among those who are, let's say, uh, crying havoc in the streets, then what ministry do we really have? And and now's the time I think most people have finally a chance to get deeper, uh, deeper into devotions, deeper into 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 uh, the wisdom. That's been given to us, and we have no excuse really anymore, do we, to say, you know, I've got this going on, I've got that going on, because right now, this is all you might have to do. Isn't it interesting? You know, as well as I do, church and individual Christians, they, they, they raise their game under persecution. They really do. And I think for far too long, perhaps, uh, we've been very much too comfortable. Uh, in North America for certain, in respect to uh, uh, just going along, knowing uh, that things were going to be the way we wanted them to be, they were consistent, we would have our pastors and our churches and and all these wonderful and lovely things, and then all of a sudden it's taken away from us. All of a sudden we have to decide what to do about it. All of a sudden we have to decide what what does our faith really mean to us. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting how we react when things are, are given to us as opposed to when things are taken away. And uh, I think you're right. I think God's people need to stand out as being different. What, what is really being taken away? And, and what are we depending on in our circumstances? And, and we have to respond differently to that. And I think we typically do. And I think that's why I say I think these opportunities are opportunities for us to really take— uh, inventory of who we are as God's people and recognize, I think something John talks about quite a bit is, is make sure we understand the long-term game. God is involved in our long-term good. What we go through right now is going to come and it's going to go, but our faith in Christ is a long-term gain. He has something in store for us beyond whatever negative we think we might experience here. There's something incredible uh, that's ahead of us, uh, that sureness of hope in eternity. You know, and to that end, uh, on the, we will get through this. And the, the, they will look back in the short-term pain and say, how did the church respond? Yeah. And if the church is, you know, if we say that we can't do church without this or without that, and all of a sudden we find we don't have this, we don't have that, We've got to understand what really constitutes church. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, and uh, I think it's been you know the bell sort of gone off, and then all of a sudden we've had to, as the church, as uh, leaders in the church, uh, despite being a ministry, as leaders in the church in general, we've had to take e- evaluation and say, hey, who are we? Um, how do we how do we operate? Uh, given that the circumstances are so different than what we would normally be involved in. And, you know, I don't know um, uh, how your church has done it or how other churches. I, I can only speak really for mine and some of the other ones that I'm close to. But they really have raised their game. I think they really have. They've recognized what's critical and what's important. And uh, we've raised our games, and we, we recognize the things that we need to depend upon and those things that are just... Uh, uh, you know, um, sort of the the jazz hands, sort of the glitter and gold kind of things. Those things that don't last, those things that aren't important, and we recognize what is important. And what is important, and I sense this, 
uh, as, as many of the churches are rising up to make sure that the Word of God is being spoken, the Word of God is being taught, the Word of God, because you know what? All that other stuff that we depend upon fades away. But the Word of God lasts forever. It is the living Word of God. And, you know, I know I, I feel like uh, uh, I'm patting our back to the Bible on the back, but back to the Bible, I think, historically, long before my time, has recognized that the primary purpose for which we exist is the teaching of the Word of God because in the end we have nothing else to fall back on. That's how we know who Christ is. That's how we respond to Christ. That's how we uh, allow ourselves to be sanctified. And uh, so that's where our, our, our aim and our vision and our focus needs to be. And I think the church is raising its game in that respect. The church is very relational. In mm-hmm. fact, it's so relational, sometimes we think, well, what is church if I don't have somebody I can sit down and talk to? If I don't have the relationships I'm used to, if I don't have the coffee club afterward, maybe now we can focus not so much, however important it is, not so much on relationships with each other, but where it all counts, and that's a relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. You know, I, I would say that I think, you know, fellowship is important. You know, the coming together and recognizing that we can't come together now. I would encourage everybody to find a way to be in fellowship safely, but to be in fellowship with one another uh, because we need each other in that respect. But having said that, I think you're exactly right. Uh, when those those easy things are taken away, uh, the socialization of our churches. Uh, the fellowship, all those things that sort of make us a club, a community club, when those are all taken away, you start to recognize um, what is it that I value most about my church? Uh, what, what are the essential qualities of a church body that are necessary? And I tell you over and over and over again, the essential quality of a church body is a place where you can be part of that is going to teach the living truth of God's Word, and that's the thing that's going to sustain you. Um, You know, it's not going to be you and I having coffee together, Don, is splendid, and as much as I enjoy that, in the end, um, that, you know, we're not going to be able to have coffee someday together. But the Word of God is trustworthy. It's faithful. It's, 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 it, it goes on forever. It will never fade away. And that's where we need to put our trust. I think as much as this, uh, uh, what we're going through reveals the certain strengths of relationships within the church and how you're doing and fellowship, it could very well reveal also weaknesses within the local body. It could very well reveal that maybe your church is too social if all of a sudden they're not getting anything out of anything you're putting out there just because you can't meet together. Yeah, yeah. And you know, many churches have gotten into this community, they're a community event thing. It's more a community club than they are a place to preach and teach the Word of God. Yeah, and you're just thinking about that, you know, sometimes in the church we become very insular. And isn't it interesting that in these times when we're uh, uh, being called by our governments and health officials to isolate ourselves, the church is actually being called to care for others outside of, uh, you know, this, this neat, uh, knit uh, community of believers. We're being, able to, we're, we're being called to 
care for others, to reach out to others in unique ways and, and take our eyes off us and put our eyes on others and their needs, whether they be physical or spiritual or economic, whatever they might be. And we're reaching out. So it's really interesting, isn't it, that even, uh, even today when we're called to isolation, it's actually calling us beyond ourselves. And it's, it's a bit unique in that respect. It's, we're having to reacquire the target. Before all this, it was easy, but it was still sacrificial to put together meals, to get out, talk to people, one-to-one, visitation. And now we can't do that by, by law and, and for uh, consideration of uh, others not getting sick from our presence. We have to do it in a way that is so unlike anything we've ever had to do. And that takes, that takes new ways of doing the kind of outreach and ministry that we are commanded to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it, it does, and I think you're right, and I think it also helps me uh, in a very personal way because, you know, I, I live in ministry. And so not dissimilar to the church, sometimes I can find myself isolating myself in this cocoon of ministry and feeling like, well, that's what God has called me to do, and, and that's enough. But then I recognize in difficult, challenging days like today, that's not enough. Uh, that is not what God has simply called me to do. He's, he's called me to be the hands and feet of God in a unique way in our society at this moment in time. And what better time? You know, it, it's interesting, you know, going back to uh, the programming a bit, it's interesting to see how many people— that uh, have listened to Back to the Bible, continue to listen to Back to the Bible, and how many people are, are listening to Back to the Bible for this first time because they're looking for something. And then all of a sudden, everything they've counted on has disappeared. And now they're saying, hey, um, maybe there's something other than these trappings of the world that I should be paying a little bit of attention to and responding to a little bit. And... Uh, organizations like Back to the Bible and others. There's, there's great organizations that, that you guys represent on the radio and uh, that are speaking the truth of the Word of God. And, uh, and it's wonderful to know that these things are in place so that when people do come, come a-calling, uh, there's somebody there to respond. This is Don Miller. I'm talking with uh, Ben Lowell from uh, Back to the Bible Canada on how to do ministry, not only uh, corporately, from a broadcasting perspective, but also uh, personal ministry. And uh, you're sort of wrapped up in all three, Ben, because you've got a staff to look after. Uh, no doubt it, it's hitting you people hard. How has how has the support been? And I know you, you're in touch with many other ministries. How is that being impacted by, by where we are right now and indeed uh, the limited resources that people find themselves having? Yeah. And you know, that's a good point, Don, because one of the things we try to assure people of, even uh, when, um, you know, we send out a letter or something of like that, we recognize these are challenging, challenging times. And there's a number of people out there who have given faithfully over the years who find themselves in a position right now uh, where it, they, they can't give because they've lost their jobs or they have taken on a greater responsibility for other family members or whatever the case might be. You know what? The first thing ministries need to do, I think there's two important things. The first thing ministries need to do is say, 
we understand. That's okay. The most important thing people can do for us is pray for us. And if you have the resources to to come alongside of us, we would encourage you to do that. But we understand. So don't feel guilty. Uh, You know, guilt is not a good motivator. And so don't feel guilty. Take care of what you need to take care of. And if you're able to, uh, we need your help. Uh, but And we would encourage that. Uh, but make sure you know that we understand that these are challenging times. The other thing I would do prior to that is say, hey, realize your church needs to be your first priority. Your local church, the church that you belong to. And sometimes it's easy. You know, I know people have been critical uh, over the last few years because of the change in how we give and, you know, into automatic giving and electronic giving and all that kind of thing. And people say, well, that's not really how we should go about doing it. We should be putting our tithe in the, in the, in the bag or in the offering tray as it goes by. And that's, well, you know what? Right now we can't. That's the bottom line. And so it's easy, I think, to forget um, when we're not actually doing that physical action. When nobody's looking. When nobody's looking. Now is the time your church needs you to step up and at the very least strive to do that which you've been doing. Uh, because first and foremost, you know this, Don, that we've always said it back to the Bible. We believe the church is God's first and priority uh, for extending the kingdom. And uh, things like back to the Bible, well, you know, it, it, it it's we hope, comes alongside and helps disciple people to be better participants within their church. And so make sure you take care of your church. That's a responsibility that we all have. And beyond that, uh, we're trying to do our utmost to continue to be consistent in offering Bible teaching you can trust. And uh, if you're able, uh, we would certainly welcome your assistance. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I, that's so true, and I think uh, it, it's interesting that uh, our faith now is is on parade, not so much to the public, but to our own families. Uh, we really, in so many ways, have so many distractions going on day to day. There's always something going on over there. We're loaded with activities. I think it's man, it's forced many families into a place of pain because they're confronting just where they are or where they aren't. And realize that something's going to give in this. But then there are some families who are being driven together. And I, I, I was talking to my daughter the other day, who's, again, working from home. And I said, you know, I think in 20 years from now, we look back on this time more from a, a sense of fondness hmm. than from a sense of regret or pain yeah. because of what we've learned from it. Is that too Pollyannish? I don't think so. I think particularly for for God's people, um, I think we need to be looking for the thing that God is doing. Um, uh, That that needs to fill us with joy in recognizing that God is working something out according to his plan and that our hope and our joy is steadfast in that recognition that God is about doing something and we can be part of that. And I don't know exactly for you or, or for, uh, for others what that, that part is, but God is inviting you to join in on what he's doing right now. And, you know, we can look through Scripture time and time again, and we can, we can shake our heads, particularly in the Old Testament, and say, oh, my goodness, what is God possibly doing? But God was working out his plan. 
My joy comes from knowing God is working out his plan, and in the end, my hope is secure that I'm a child of God. And so right now, I guess it's about, uh, what did Blackaby say? Find out what God is doing and join in. And I think that's what we need to be doing. God is doing something right now. So instead of of filling our time and our emotions uh, with with distress and, and woe is me, you know, God is saying, hey, here's an opportunity. What can you do to glorify me in this given situation? What can you do to reach out to others? What can you do to represent me? I'm giving you an opportunity right now. You know, and, and I've often prayed, as you've prayed, Lord, give me an opportunity to, 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 to enter into somebody's life, to speak uh, truth uh, into someone's life, to, to show someone's God's glory. And right now, folks, uh, you have been given so much opportunity to be uh, the type of follower of Christ that he has intended us to be. You know, I would look back, to answer your question, I would look back on this time and say, hey, how did I respond? How did I respond? And I might look back and say, ooh, ooh, I gave up an opportunity like none other. Um, or I can look back and say, God, thank you. Yeah, thank don't, you. Let it be, don't let it be regret that you look back on this time. Look upon the time that say, wow, I was... You know, it's funny. God, God's not surprised by this. In the yeah. heavenlies, God's not saying, what happened? What lab? What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, I've often thought that for, for such a time as this, God, the, the timing is perfect. We've got the technology. What this is doing is forcing us, the church, to use the technology that we've been blessed with and use it day to day. And after all this is done, we will continue to use technology in an increasing way to glorify him. Yeah. You know, and I want to encourage people to try and figure out ways to use technology that's not frivolous. I mean, you know, I, I, go, I have some friends on Facebook. I use Instagram. I don't use Twitter. I'm not rating these by any means. I'm just saying what I do. But I find sometimes that what we can be as Christians is we can be a little bit frivolous in our communicating with each other. We can throw out this or throw out that and, and you know, throw out a, a quote from somebody and then feel, well, our job is done. You know, find ways to actually engage in relationship. You were talking about family. Find ways to re-engage in relationship. Find ways to authentically encourage one another. Uh, don't let technology get us to the point where, you know, we get that sort of soundbite, you know. Um, dig deeper than that. And, and love people. And, I, you know, I, I know it's secular, um, but I've heard this a lot, and I have to agree with it time and time again. People on the news and that are saying, be kind. And I think that's critical. Be kind. Love one another. Anticipate people's needs. Don't wait for someone to scream and shout, I'm in the well, I'm in the well. Anticipate needs. Go be beside them and, and in the ways that we can do that safely. And, and, and be, be in some respects uh, you know, Christ's hands and feet. And you have to basically be a pastor in your own family. You can't just phone the, the, the lead pastor and say, when you talk to my son here, he's having real problems, or talk yeah. to my mother. It's a matter of coming to terms with it because 
you're the closest one they can turn to. They can't get an appointment for a, a, many times a counselor. So the responsibility is very heavy upon our shoulders to be the pastor in place for your family. That's true. And one thing I also recognize, you know what? Allow yourself permission to be down sometimes. You know, there's going to be moments when you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, you're feeling a little bit sad, whatever the case might be. I think that's absolutely okay. It's absolutely okay given the circumstances. You know, we're thinking about other things. We're, you know, we're thinking about uh, the the COVID-19 or we're thinking about the terrible, terrible, terrible circumstances in Nova Scotia. Whatever we're thinking about, it's, it's okay to be sad about those types of things. But find yourself also in ways and means out of that sadness. Don't dwell there. Um, often the best way is to try and encourage someone. Um, you know, this is, a, is an, uh, an old expression, but, you know, if, if, you, if you want somebody to smile at you, smile at them, right? Uh, give, give, give of yourself and someone will give back to you. Uh, be in fellowship in the ways you can. Be in the Word. Pray. Count on the Holy Spirit to be beside you. Call other people. Message other people. Touch base with other people. Uh, and always remember, the Lord God is faithful, and He is not deserting you. He is right there with you, and He is calling you right now for something special in respect to His purposes in this situation. And, you know, i got to be honest, I'm not a naturally real social person. I'm a bit of an introvert myself, but my wife is a very social person. And uh, so her being detached from people is actually more difficult probably for her than it is for me. Uh, in some respects, you know, they talk about the introvert. This is this is our glory right now. If you're an introvert, you can make excuses for being by yourself. You know? <laughs> That's right, but, right. Uh, but you know what? What we determined is there's just people out there that we could just give a phone call to and just say, how are you? And let them know they're not alone. You know, we've been trying to do that at Back to the Bible, Andy West, who's on staff. Um, you know, we're, we, when we were talking about what we were going to do uh, uh, in response to this, said, hey, Andy, I just want you to spend your whole day just calling, not asking for anything, just calling people, uh, loving them praying for them, and letting them know they're being thought about and they're not alone. And I think there is an incredible ministry for anybody today uh, to take part in. Yeah, not alone. And again, being given the technology and to those listening, I know this is in perfect studio quality. That's because we're using FaceTime and we're looking at each other as we conduct this interview. I mean, uh, we talked to our daughter the other the other evening for almost five hours right? on FaceTime. You know, like it went by so quickly. And we used to think, you know, people try it, try this technology. It's out there, and it's 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 not as great as holding somebody's hand or giving them a hug. But you know what? It's right up there and communicating with each other. Yep. Yeah, we've uh, uh, in our family we've uh, uh, shared time together, just yakking uh, in group. I think it was FaceTime, but it was group FaceTime, I think, or something like that. And then we've actually watched a movie together, and, you know, we're planning on having a meal together. And, you know, you're right. It's not physical. You're not holding somebody's hand, but you're in fellowship together. And, you know, and that's great for families. What I want to encourage people to do, though, is, you know, there's a lot of uh, people out there, particularly elderly people, 
that don't have the benefit of all the technology, use your phone. Give somebody a call. Let them hear your voice. It just takes two or three minutes to do that, and you would just raise somebody's spirit so much. Just because they don't know how to use Zoom doesn't mean they can't pick up a phone. No, you know, and I'm just about Zoomed out, to be honest with you. We use Zoom <laughs> regularly, and I don't know. I don't know. You know, it serves a purpose, but, yeah, I just think uh, just, uh, yeah, just hearing someone's voice. And you can, you can tell the authenticity of the call and if people really care or not. And, uh, yeah, I would just encourage people. You know, we could just love each other and love each other in the Lord. And, uh, and I think that it will be such a testament to who the church is. Ben Lowell from Back to the Bible. Uh, half hour has gone by real quick, and I knew it would. But I just really thought we should capitalize on an opportunity just to, from, from one old boy to another. I've been in the church for a long time and, and in the work for a long time. But also just to go back and forth, and hopefully those folks who have been listening might have just gleaned something from here that could be of a help. And especially you guys at uh, Back to the Bible and your ministries, Laugh Again and Inda, we're, we're so appreciative of you. You, you keep us, you really do uh, keep us with in touch with what's really going on in regards to what the Lord is doing. And it's all perfect in his time in this world. Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for allowing me to be on. Appreciate it. Back to the Bible. Weekday mornings at 9 o'clock on Joy Radio.